podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. For confidence in your financial plan, look for a CFP professional. When your financial advisor earns the CFP certification, it means he or she is trained to provide ethical financial planning across a holistic range of topics, from retirement and investing to taxes and estate planning, all in your best interest. So, with a CFP professional, you'll feel confident in your financial plan today and tomorrow. Three letters do make a difference. Visit letsmakeaplan.org to find your CFP professional. Has it been a while since you flipped that thermostat from heat to cool? Turn to the experts at Griffith Energy Services before you do for an $88 AC start and check to make sure your AC is in tip-top shape. Griffith specializes in carrier, but services all brands. Visit GriffithEnergyServices.com today. Your local carrier expert. That's GriffithEnergyServices.com. License number MDHVACR01-2278. Griffith Energy Services. Don't go dependable. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the cop table. As you can probably tell straight away, this is not your usual host, Peter. Uh, Peter's on a well-earned break. It's Gav, which um, you, you, you'll probably know who I am. If you don't, it doesn't matter. Don't worry about it. With me, I have Everton fan Tony Scott, and I also have regular on the cop table, Jay Riley. Um, straight into it, lads. There's a lot to get through. We four or five um, little bits and pieces we want to discuss tonight. Ahead of the derby on Sunday at Goodison Park. Um, we also have music from Shader. And we have uh, we've predictions. We even have a quiz that Peter has organised for us. So, fair play to him. Uh, just before we get going, Tony, how are you? All good? Yeah, yeah, very good. Thanks, mate. Yourself? Good, yeah, good, good. Looking forward to Sunday, let's be honest. I'm really looking forward to Sunday. Uh, Jay, how are you? All good with you? Yeah, I feel a lot better now after that great performance in midweek. And... No bouncer now going into this derby game on Sunday. Yeah, they'll always taste the derbies, um, and this one will be no different for for reasons that we we'll get into um, as the show goes on. Um, lads, straight into it though. Um, just looking back over recent form for both sides, Patchy um, would be probably the word I'd use for it. Um, Everton have gone through a difficult spell, had a little break, came back, had a had a decent win away to uh, Cardiff three 0 um, Tony, for you, they needed that, didn't they? they you know, from a, from a Liverpool fan looking in on Everton, you know, they, they looked like they were losing their way a little bit. There was calls for Marco Silva's heads, things like that. But it was a win they needed, especially going into this derby. Yeah, yeah, you're spot on. I think what's happened over the past coming weeks, the defeats to Wolves, Manchester City and Watford, is that obviously fans are now going to question Marco Silva. It's his first season in charge, so they're well within the right to do that. I just think it's too short and too severe to even start questioning the manager's position after the short reign, considering what he's quite capable of. And people tend to forget Everton were absolutely flying. played some sensational football leading up to the last Merseyside derby. So, yeah, yeah, he was bad results this season. Let's let's not gloss over the fact that that's been happening. But they needed that win against Cardiff during the week. They'd had 17 days off, which was a hell of a break, considering 17 days, nearly two and a half weeks, without a game of football. And then Cardiff come on, to be honest, Cardiff for a really, really poor team. One of the worst I've seen this season. So, I think it was just about quality and fighting. And they've shown that and 3,000 Everton fans going down there on a Tuesday night mid-table, nothing to play for. It just shows you that the manager and the players have still got the backing of the supporters. So it was a much-needed win, a bit of a confidence boost to go into Sunday because I don't think that the atmosphere would have been at all well if they would have got beat against Cardiff or even drawn, so as a matter of fact. So I think the win, a couple of smiles on their faces going into training this week and it can only help going into a big game on Sunday. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, Cardiff... You know they've had their they've had their problems this this season with regards to you know the the unfortunate uh, incident with Emiliano Sala and you know the to be honest they they got they kind of had an upturn in form I think they they beat Bournemouth at home they go away and they beat with the winners Southampton and they're looking they're looking like they have the fight for this relegation relegation battle that they're most definitely in but Everton went there and won three 0 watching the game Tony like a big thing for me was Jaggy Elka being back in the set in centre-half, because I think that's where you've had an awful lot of problems this season. Yeah, you see, he, I, I think it, the thing is with Phil Jagielka, he's very vocal and, and, and he's quite organised with the defence, and Everton have much needed that, over the re, obviously with the zonal marking system that Marco Silva likes to play. So they need the defenders that like to attack the ball. 
Yeah, mean has been a bit of a mixed bag for him so far. We've hardly seen him in an Everton shirt. So the sole reliance has been on the form of Michael Keane and Kurt Zuma, which they have performed well. The problem is with Everton's own marking is that one or two defenders can play, the rest of the team can't. And the problem has been with second balls into the box and the rest of the midfields and, and full-backs switching off. So they've had a bit of a mixed bag at the centre-back. I still firmly believe that Phil Jagielka obviously is in the twilight of his career. Arguably Everton's best defender, and probably Cardiff suits him. When they're lock, lock, locking balls into the box, it's quite easy for the, an experienced old head at the back to their, their food and drink for him. If, it's as if he's playing against Pace, he can't play against Aguero, he can't play against Salah or Mane, so you'd have to look at other options. So I'm quite firmly confident that Phil Jagielka will be starting on the bench on Sunday. There's no way he would start him against Liverpool, either of the Liverpool's front three. He's not soft, Marco Silva. One thing he is assured of, he tries to suit the opposition, tries to, to cramp and man-mark players sometimes. So don't be surprised if Kurt Zuma and Michael Keane are centre-back for Everton on Sunday. Yeah, well, Kurt Zuma for me would be an absolute shoe-in because he is powerfully strong, he has got pace, and that is one thing you need against the Liverpool side, especially if they make the pitch big and they... You know, try to expose you in those gaps between full-back and centre-back. That's where you need to have pace. Jay, um, moving on to Liverpool, um, you know, we are talking to lads in the in our WhatsApp group and things like that, and we are talking about our form since the turn of the year. You know, we get beaten by City. We, we go and we beat uh, Palace. We beat, we beat Bournemouth. Just those two draws in the middle. Sunday was a contentious one for me, a way to um, United. I think the chance was there to put our foot on their throat and... and make a massive statement but we get back to the Liverpool we know I suppose last night and how I suppose how happy were you with that because you know we watched City bounce off teams constantly this season but last night we bounced off a team while City nervously get past West Ham yeah, I mean, Liverpool's form hasn't been great since the turn of the year 2019 at all, really. And it all started against Manchester City when we had a great opportunity to go 10 points clear. And I know it's early to say it, but you know, that could have put the nail in the coffin now for the title. And ever since then, Liverpool have struggled a little bit. And I'd probably go as far as to say the only one good game before last night that we performed in was probably the Bournemouth game when we won 3 0 at home, could have arguably been 5 or 6. And you know, the problem we had after that game was, though, we had a break. So, I mean, it was all in vain, really. Yeah, it was great to get the three points against Bournemouth, but when we had the 10-day gap because we were out of the FA Cup, it was very difficult then to get your momentum going and the fluidity, it was lost, really, because we had the break, went to Marbella. So, when we came back off the break, we, we obviously had Bayern Munich in uh, the Champions League. Now, it wasn't the worst performance in the world, and obviously Bayern Munich are not a bad side, but problem was in the second half, Liverpool struggled to create chances really to go on and win the game and then Manchester United go into that game as well and, and one thing you can take from all this is we've, we've still not conceded any goals have we? We kept the clean sheet against Bournemouth before the break and then since then we've kept three clean sheets on the bounce as well but the Manchester United game was very disappointing really because you know, when you analyse the game, certainly second half when the onus was on Liverpool, United had made three substitutions in the first half due to injuries Second half, he basically had Marcus Rashford playing on one leg. Lukaku was basically blown out of his backside after an hour. And they had two kids in midfield, McTominay and Pereira. Liverpool just couldn't really force the game, break them down, didn't really create many chances. And you start thinking, you know, what's going on here? You know, we're struggling here. We should really have been winning that game. Ordinarily, you would say a point at Old Trafford's a good point. But they were certainly there for the taking and it was disappointing. So we were looking for a reaction, really, and getting back to winning ways midweek against Watford. And, you know, I did think we'd win the game because we normally do quite well against Watford. I mean, we beat them 3-0 earlier on in the season. We beat them 5-0 last season at Anfield. And they are the type of team that Liverpool do normally give a stuff to. And that's exactly what happened the other night. And, and fantastic, really, because we really did need it. There's a little confidence booster now. And you know, moving forward into these like run of fixtures now that are all winnable on paper, Liverpool's the margin for error now is, is not... You know, it's really small, isn't it? Because, you know, we are top of the table by a point. But 
you know, we can ill afford to drop many more points now between now and the end of the season with Manchester City breathing down our neck. So the victory against Watford was, was fantastic to get the three points, but the performance was absolutely superb. I mean, virtually every single player was, was right on the money. I mean, Trent Alexander-Arnold came back into the side, got three assists. Virgil van Dijk been saying all season, it's mad because he's fantastic defensively. You'd think he should be a little bit more of a threat in the in, in the opposition's box, you know, for set pieces. And he got two goals. And not, I've been saying all season, he's a type of player really should be getting maybe you know seven or eight a season from centre half because he he is that good, that much of a presence, that much of a danger. And you know we got two didn't he last night against Watford and sadly the old man he played more of a central role didn't he in the absence of Roberto Firmino and took took both of his goals like a centre forward with the second one. Was just absolute genius, wasn't it? The, the flick, the back flick over the keeper. And, you know, it, it was. It was. It was Liverpool of last season, really. We, you know, back we, we looked like we had the fluidity back. There was loads of cohesion there in the middle of the park. I thought Fabinho was fantastic. I mean, there was one occasion in the first half when Delafeu looked like he was going to trouble Virgil Van Dijk, and Fabinho just come from nowhere on the blind side and just completely dispossessed possessed them. Fantastic, really. He's been a man mountain since December time for being, you know, he's found his feet now and for me he's one of the first names on the team sheet. And even when we had issues at centre half, he went there and played, you know, he done done a job for us there. He's just a very good footballer, it's as simple as that. And you know, Liverpool were really on it. You know, there's no two ways about it when Liverpool play like that. It's very difficult for the opposition to, to live with us anyone in this league and I thought, like, you know, most Salah has come in. Some people have questioned him a little bit at times the last couple of months because he's not really been in great form. But I thought he was absolutely superb against Watford. Their, their left fullback, I think it was Messina, he, he basically he, he couldn't live for him. He just could not cope with him. From the very start of the first staff, he was all over him, carried on into the second half. And the only disappointing aspect from Salah is that he never actually got on the score sheet and got his 50th Premier League goal. But you know, I thought he was absolutely superb on the night back to the salad that we, we know from last season. And, you know, let's hope we can carry this forward into Sunday's game now. Yeah, the thing for me, you, you touched on there about Salah. Um, Salah makes the, game, the pitch huge last night. He goes and he stands on the touchline for most of the game. He, he, they, they revert back to a way where he's, he's getting the ball on the run against defenders rather than him standing up against them. And then trying to crowd him out. And if you watch it last night, he's, he's leaving that area there for, for Trent in particular to go into and expose. Liverpool last night for me, they went back to the basics of, and, and it was a little bit of, a little bit gung ho. I think, I think that, that game against United on Sunday, I think was ner- there was nerves there from both sides. United don't want to lose it and watch Liverpool go away into the distance for the title. Liverpool don't want to lose it and give City that supposed advantage back, even though they would have been level. There was a lot of stuff going on around that game. The soldier thing as well, you know, that played a part. But last night, if you watch Liverpool play, there's a tempo to them. There's an aggression to them. And I agree with you. When Liverpool play like that, they're very hard to deal with, especially when they make the pitch that big. Um, it was unbelievable. I have two topics, lads, that I wanted to go on to next. Uh, one was Marco Silva and one was the Liverpool run-in. Uh, the fixtures that Liverpool have left and what you think might happen. I'm actually going to give both of you a say on both of these because I'm interested to see what the Reds think of the blue side and the blue think of the red side for, for these. But Tony, for you first, um, you touched on it earlier and I touched on it as well. Marco Silva, um, you know, people have been calling for his head. Some people are saying give him time. In my opinion, I wouldn't be his biggest fan. Um, but I will say, if everything are to progress in any way, Chopping and changing managers, a la Allardyce, which was fucking outrageous, is not the way to go. They can't keep hitting the reset button and spending a load of money and waiting for it to happen. I think they need to invest some time in this guy and see how it goes. And when I say invest, I think it'd be halfway through next season before you even consider doing anything with him. What's your feelings overall on Marco Silva? Um, I'm in, I'm in the camp. You've just got to give him time. And I think for half my year, he realises that he... Obviously, came in three years ago for Hamashiri when Roberto Martinez was sacked, and then obviously Ron Koeman came in, Sam Allardyce, and now Marco Silva, even David Unsworth had a stint. So there's been a lot of change and a lot of people at Everton in terms of the management direction. So 
what's happened is that he he's always wanted Marco Silva. He wanted him before Sam Allardyce. He's always wanted him. He likes him. He's a big fan of the way he plays. And that's not going to change. He will get the plays he wants eventually, but it just doesn't happen overnight. And I think you've got to give him patience. The majority of Everton fans I speak to on the street, they want to give him time. They want to give him patience. And that, that is the key because we've seen the other side of it. It's not as if, arguably, I know it's not success, so to speak, because he never won a trophy, but the majority of success Everton have had over the last, say, 15, 20 years has been through David Moyes, and that's just through the stability. And as Everton fighting on the top six quite regularly, considering they were a team ready for relegation. So Moyes done an unbelievable job, and I think that's what's proved that the stability and the patience and backing a manager in the transfer market has been key. A lot of change, obviously, over the last three or four years, and far half Mashiri has realised that, and now he's willing to back this man, and he'll back him in the summer, and he'll keep backing him. What you've got to look at, you, you can easily use Liverpool as an example of this. Don't forget, Jurgen Klopp came into Liverpool in his first season. Yeah, he didn't have the first window, but he had a window in January. Now, Liverpool finished eighth in the first season under Jurgen Klopp. Now, you look at Liverpool's team there, and it's unrecognisable. I had a little look before from a piece I'm writing. And they had Bogdan in goal, Moreno, Sacco, Skirtle, Lucas, Benteke, Joe Allen. All these players were used under Jurgen Klopp in the first season. Now, you look at them now, three years down the line, you're laughing. And that just shows you what it is about giving... No one would have thought Jurgen Klopp could develop the team that Liverpool have got currently, right now, three years ago, and have Liverpool challenging for the title. Nobody would have thought of it. Maybe you'd have a pipe dream and go, do you know what, there's a chance we'll get better. Whether we go for a genuine title challenge with ten games to go, we sit on top of the league and have Virgil van Dijk and Alisson and... Robertson and Trent and Manny, all these players, no one would have dreamt of it. So it just shows you key and backing a manager and giving them time. And I'm sure Marco Silva will be given the utmost patience from the Everton supporters, but more importantly from Farhad Mashiri. Yeah, I think you're absolutely spot on there. The, the Liverpool example is one that, um, when you, as soon as you said it, I was nodding in agreement. I know you can't see me, but I was. I promise you, I was. Um, you're right. You know, most people laugh at this team when they say things like a five-year plan. It does take that time, unless you were a Man City or a Chelsea of 2003. It takes that time because you're at a certain stage, you're at a certain level. Then you have to put the, put the infrastructure in place, one. Then you have to identify who you need. Then you need to get them. Then you need to develop them. And then you probably need to develop a side again, you know, or half a side again to go to that ultimate level. And you know, I, I, you know, everything aren't in my interest. I'm going to be honest, but watching them, I'm watching what they're what they're trying to do. If I was an Everton fan, I would be the, the one to say, no, this guy really does need time because they've invested a lot over previous managers and this one, and they need now to give him time to literally say, look, the four season, forget about it. You have a look in the summer. We can tweak things and, and let's see if we can go to the next level. Jay, he makes the uh, Tony makes the point there about Liverpool and. And, you know, I, th- I agree with him. I, I didn't see Liverpool after three full seasons being a title challenger with Jurgen Klopp in charge. Now, that's not putting any, you know, having that a go at Jurgen Klopp. I just think that the position he took the club in, um, you know, he had a lot to clear out. And I didn't think of this sort of turnaround over this sort of time was possible. I always thought the fourth or fifth year might be the one where he may challenge or may win it. But it can go either way. When you look at Hodgson, go back to Hodgson and what we had there. If you look at Rodgers, what he took over and what he left the club with, you know, there was a a lot of work needed. Would you be of the opinion, Jay, that looking from the outside in on everything, that this guy needs time, he needs needs patience and he needs, he has the backing, I believe, but do, do you think the time and the patience is the way to go with this? Yeah, I mean... I, I, when you look at Jurgen Klopp, though, I mean, because he was such a good manager in Germany and what he'd done with Borussia Dortmund, he won a couple of Bundesligas and he also got them to a European Cup final. I, I don't think... I mean, I never, ever thought... When he when he came to the club and he had that pre- first press conference, he said, I'm sure in a couple of years, three, four years' time, we'll be looking at a couple of titles here. And when he said titles, I think he just meant trophies in general, uh, not the actual league title. But don't forget, this is like effectively his fourth season now. So where mm. we are now challenging for the title, I tend to disagree in, in, a, in, a, in a small sense because realistically, 
yeah, we, we Liverpool, that, he came with that mantra that that's what he wanted to do. And if you analyse it, yeah, we've had to sell a couple of key players, certainly Coutinho last year, but he's been backed, hasn't he? Liverpool have got that money back and been able to sign your Virgil van Dijk's near Allison's because of it, because of the sale of Coutinho. So, yeah, you know, four years into his tenure now, really, we should be where we are in terms of challenging for the title. Maybe not in terms of finances, because... It's still difficult to compete with your cities and Uniteds, if you like, and Chelsea, because they get bankrolled far more than Liverpool do. Even though I just said there we spent the money on Van Dijk, we spent the money on Allison, but we did spend that money basically because we sold a key player. United, Chelsea, and City don't really need to do that, do they, to be able to sign these top players? But I do think where we are is probably what Klopp sort of like envisaged when he first took over that this was around about the time when really we should be going for a title and maybe win one. And he's been unlucky, hasn't he? Because we've been to three cup finals, like Tony saying before about Liverpool coming eighth in his first season. We also got to two cup finals, though. So, you know, Marco Silva's not going to get Everton to a cup final, is he? So there's a slight difference in, in that situation as well because Klopp straight away, when he came, the, the fans took to him and we loved him. Whereas with Marco Silva, I don't really think that's the case with the Everton fans yet because there's still little things that they're frustrated with. But, you know, what I will say is he's the type of manager where he plays football the right way and they have got some better players now, in my opinion. I know the league table might not suggest it, but I do think he's got them playing a, a better style of football, really. The only problem is he, he suffered defensively. They're not great at the back and they've, they've struggled to, to come to terms with the zonal mark and I think and as Tony said there, some know how to play and some don't and it's causing confusion and a lot of issues and a lot of the goals that they are conceding have really been from set pieces and what have you so you know that needs to be addressed but they can't keep changing managers left right and centre because they've had Koeman he's got he, he got backed they, they give Unsworth a little bit of a caretaker role it just didn't really work and then obviously they give they give the job to Allardyce you know sort of like interim really wasn't it and he, he spent a little bit of money in the January time but it just hasn't really can't just keep changing managers left right and centre and throwing money at different managers here there and everywhere because when new managers come in they want their own players they want to bring their own players in they have a little look at the squad they assess the situation keep the players that they know are good professionals and do suit what they're trying to do and what they're striving to do but then the flip side to it is they also want to bring their own players in and the turnover of players, it's just no good. It's just disjointed, isn't it, all the time? So they've got to stick with them, really, and just nail the colours to the mast and basically say, listen, the lad's getting two seasons, maybe three seasons, and see where we are then. It's just a situation because, you know, he's right in what he's saying there, Tony. If you look at it, the, the manager that, that performed the best for them was David Moyes. And, like, Liverpool fans might mock the fact that, like, he was there for such a long time and never won a trophy. But the facts are, they were finishing higher up the table and got into an FA Cup final, got into a League Cup semi-final, I think I'm right in saying. I know Manes did as well, but, you know, he was probably their best manager, even though he never won a trophy. So, you know, you've got to, you've got to say to yourself, look, it's got to stop somewhere. You've got to give someone an opportunity to build what he wants to do and, you know, his vision for the football club. And it's got to be Marco Silva, hasn't it? Yeah, I think I think looking at, at the signings he's made, they haven't been bad signings. I think it'll be telling in the summer now as to what he does with, with, with some players there. Like I look from an Irish point of view, I look at Seamus Coleman and I think the drop off in Seamus Coleman after a horrific injury is is quite steep, I'm being honest. Does he uh, you know, what he does in the summer may be key. And after another window, which would be his third window, uh, you know, then people might start looking. But I'm all in agreement. Give him time, give him patience, and I mean, see where we go from there. Um, lads, I'm going to get both of your views on this as well. Um, the run-in for Liverpool, because, you know, everyone's talking about it. And, you know, I know Tony probably doesn't want to talk about it as much as we do. But just looking at the last 10 fixtures for Liverpool, you have Everton away, Burnley at home, Fulham away, Tottenham at home. Southampton away, Chelsea at home, Cardiff away, Huddersfield home, Newcastle away, Wolves at home. Jay, I'll stay with you. I'll give Tony a minute to think of it, um, of an answer that um, we'll be able to broadcast. <laughs> but um, Jay, for you, looking at them last ten fixtures, um, are you confident in this? Uh, can you see us going unbeaten in that? Do you see any sticking points? What way are you feeling? Well, I think it's quite evident that the, the three hardest games we've got on paper 
the first one is on Sunday in the Merseyside derby. Um, for obvious reasons, purely because it's a derby game. No disrespect to Everton, but they're a mid-table team, so really you wouldn't probably categorise it as as a, a really tough game. But at Goodison, Everton aren't a bad side, really. And also because it is a derby game, then naturally it's going to be tough because they're not going to want Liverpool to win the league. So you'd expect them to perform a little bit better than they have been doing. Also, you'd expect the fans to be up for it. So obviously it's it's massive for Liverpool to probably... The first 20 minutes for me is key for the simple reason. We need to make sure that the crowd's quietened down. If Liverpool can get a goal, get the nose in from fantastic. But that's obviously one, the first tough ones starting on Sunday. After that, we've got two home games against Spurs and Chelsea. Now, on the day, Spurs are fantastic. I know they've just hit a little bit of a... You know, a bit of a struggle and a bit, aren't they? They've lost a couple of Premier League games. They're out of the title race now, really. And But that doesn't mean to say it's going to be an easy game when we play them because they're still a very good side and he can beat you on the day. So that's a tough one as well. And then, of course, Chelsea, a little bit of a bogey team to Liverpool. I think we haven't beat them the last five times we've played them. They knocked us out of the League Cup. We drew 1-1 away earlier in the season at Stamford Bridge and it was a late equaliser by Daniel Sturridge and... We lost there at the back end of last season when we were going for fourth place, and I suppose we were in the Champions League though as well. So it was sort of like uh, it was a game that we could afford to probably maybe lose. I know you don't really want to lose any game of football, but it didn't really hurt us too much, did it? But we lost that game one nil. Think uh, Olivier Giroud scored the winner. So Liverpool haven't really done well against Chelsea in recent times under Klopp. So. You know, they're the three standout games that you would say on paper that are going to be tricky and potential for us to drop points. Other than that, I mean, you'd have to say playing the likes of Huddersfield and Fulham and Cardiff. I mean, to me, all three of them are destined to be relegated, even with 10 games to go. I can't see any of them getting out of it. The only other team that potentially could get dragged into it is Southampton, and we've also got them as well. We've got Newcastle, we've got Burnley. So Liverpool have got all the teams who are right near the bottom, and normally you would say, oh, we don't really want to be playing them type of teams because they're fighting for their lives and they're trying to stay up. And that is true. But let's be honest, they're down there for a reason. And Liverpool, when you're going for a title, you shouldn't be dropping points against these type of teams. And I think Liverpool will get the three points against all of them sides. Um, other than that, I mean, you know, <laughs> it's one of them, isn't it? As I just touched on there, them three games are the ones for me where we could potentially drop points. With two of them being at home, though, Liverpool have made Anfield a fortress. And it's not just this season, it's been probably the last 18 months, hasn't it? Crystal Palace are the last team to beat Liverpool at Anfield a couple of seasons ago. Um, the back end of a season, Ben Seche scored two. Liverpool have been fantastic at Anfield. And I just can't see that either of them two teams coming and beating us. It's just whether or not we drop points and draw the games, isn't it? But, like I say, on paper, Liverpool have got a decent set of fixtures, really. The last 10 games aren't too bad. But then, you know, so have Man City, really, as well. It's towards the end of the season where cities get a little bit tricky because they've got the Manchester derby, haven't they? Um, I think it's four days after playing Tottenham at home, and we've just touched on Tottenham there. They're still, obviously, fighting for top four. Just out the title race now, but you know they've still got a job on for top four with the likes of Chelsea, Man United and Arsenal even down the next. So, you know, it's that's a tough game and then four days later they've got the Manchester Derby. So that's a time when Liverpool might be looking at oh, can City drop points. But at this moment in time they've got a few injuries, haven't they, to Fernandinho, Laporte, Gabriel Jesus, you know, they've got a few players who, who you know obviously could miss a couple of games and they've got a trip to Bournemouth at the weekend. And yeah, you know, they got a hiding off Arsenal, didn't they? But if you remember back to last season, it took an injury time winner by Raheem Sterling to beat them there. So you never know. We can hope for a reaction from Bournemouth at the weekend and maybe they'll get something. I have my doubts. Like, but you know, when you look at both teams on paper, as I said before, it's, it, there's not really much room for manoeuvre now. Liverpool can't really afford to drop that many points. So you know, we've just got to keep on winning games now and we've got to, we've got to carry this form on from the midweek win against Watford and make sure we went on Sunday at Everton. Okay, Jay, two quick questions. Have to- 10 games left, 30 points on offer. How many do points do Liverpool get? Just give me a number. Um, 31. <laughs> now give me an honest number, Jay. 
<laughs> um, you know what? I don't really. It's, it's it's hard to say because I mean I do think the two home games are tough. They could be draws. I fancy us to win on Sunday. I really do. But then the two home games against Chelsea and Spurs, it, it, it's difficult to say. Really, uh, we could we could certainly drop points in one of them games. But then you're looking at City, thinking, well, you know, are they going to really drop points against Tottenham at home? Or do you know what I mean? It's really difficult to say. Um, I don't know. I mean, I really don't know. I'd like to say 31 and they'll drop, they'll, they'll draw a game as well. But it, we, as we know, it doesn't really work that way, does it? You could end up losing at Southampton or something, or they could end up losing at Crystal Palace. It's just all up in the air, isn't it? But let's just enjoy the ride. Let's embrace the situation we're in. There's no point in stressing about it because you wouldn't swap, would you, the position that we're in with 10 games to go? Well, one point clear. Let's see what happens now. And, you know, we're 10 games from greatness. Yeah, you're you're very much right smack bang in the middle of that fence, Jay. Fair play to you, and you stuck to your guns, which I'm I'm proud of you for. Um, Tony, um, an awkward call. I don't know. It's an awkward question. I've won. You're probably no interest in, but just you looking from Everton's side, looking at Liverpool, and looking at the run in they have, looking at what City have. What what's your feelings on it? Um, well, I was surprised when I seen Liverpool's form over the last ten games. Four wins in the last ten. I thought there's a lot of draws in there. I know draws against Man United, the Bayern Munich one, West Ham and Leicester. It's hard to gauge because it's all well and good saying they're three points and they're three points. and It's so, so difficult. It was a, everyone was thought Manchester City was steamrolled West Ham last night. It doesn't happen like that. It's, it's pretty much difficult to call. I think there's a couple of shocks in Manchester City and Liverpool's running this season. I really do. I think... You can't continue. Don't forget, there's 10 games left. There's only 38 games in a season. Still a quarter of a season left. I just feel there's a lot of, still going to be a lot of twists and turns and you can't guarantee. But you're looking at Liverpool now, fixtures available, Southampton away, etc. Don't be so sure that that's three, point, three points. Yeah, should be in terms of quality. Liverpool should be steamrolling these teams. But don't forget, these teams are fighting for their lives. They're not going to go down without a fight. I look at the teams that have taken points off Liverpool recently, Leicester and West Ham. Who would have thought that? West Ham, arguably, in my opinion, very unlucky to win that game. And I believe Leicester has a couple of chances to win the game later on. So it's pretty much difficult to call games nailed on for three points. I'm unsure. I think there's a couple of shocks in Liverpool's system there in terms of the the running. I think there's a couple of shocks in Manchester City because they've got big games coming up in the FA Cup and Champions League. So I think it's so tough to call because the games that are, are able to play, there's lots riding on them. Liverpool don't play many teams with nothing to play for. I think they've got Newcastle and Wolves on the last two games, which is great. That's ideal. Players will be on the beach in them games. But leading up to them, all teams got things fighting for them. Chelsea, we want to get in the top four. Fulham fighting for their lives. Tottenham, we want in the top four. Southampton need to stay up. Cardiff need to stay up. And Otherfield probably will be gone by then. So the final three games for Liverpool, probably ideal. But in between them, don't be surprised if there's one or two shocks fell on the way, especially if Liverpool make it through to the Champions League next round because there'll be another game sandwiched in there between the Chelsea game. So I think it's it's tough to call, it really is. Well, just, just to let you know, I have Liverpool down for 26 points in the next 10 games and 95 points to finish with. And if you don't win the league on that, I don't know. I don't know what I'll do. I really don't. Um, but, lads, moving on to the game on Sunday... Um, I wanted to look at possible lineups for both sides. There's options there for both sides. Liverpool have a couple of injuries, but they're long term. You know, you've Lovren, you've Oxlade Chamberlain, things like that. Um, Everton seem okay to have a few out as well, though. Tony, I'll stick with you. What do you think, and what way do you think Everton will line up this Sunday? I think Everton will go 4 3 3 1 on Sunday. Um... It looks though to me, I think Seamus Coleman will play right back, even though his form's been really poor this season. I think he will play right back. Luca Dean, who's been arguably Everton's best player this season, absolute quality. And I'll be pretty much certain that the way he's carrying on, he won't be Everton in 18 months' time. Honest, unbelievable footballer, very, very classy. And as you've seen in the game at Anfield this season, he's a very, very good footballer. Expect Kurt Zuman and Michael Keane to be the centre back pairing. And a shield of just a gun, a guy in Morgan Schneiderlin. Whereas in previous derbies gone by, in previous games this season, Everton haven't had a shield of two defensive midfielders. They've normally played with Andre Gomez, who's a bit of a flair player. 
very, very good footballer, by the way, and a just a gone guy. I think with the Morgan Schneiderman factor playing into Marco Silva's hands on Tuesday, he came in and did very well. Arguably, he set up a goal as well, the opening goal for Everton. So I think he's going to shield them, especially with how very clinical Liverpool's front three are. I think he's going to play two defensive midfielders in Morgan Schneiderman and a just a gone guy. And above them, Gilfie Sigurdsson banging form, 11 goals this season. He's been playing really well, creating as well, lots of assists. So Gilfie Sigurdsson will play in front of them. And I fully expect Bernard to, to start as well. He's the player who I think Liverpool need to worry about the most, Bernard. Because they've got Richarlison. I don't think he'll play Richarlison. I think he'll be benched. He's coming on, he's sulking, he's, things aren't going for him. He's a young lad still learning. I think the banal factor for me, Liverpool need to worry about because he, when he's coming on in games lately, he's making a hell of a difference. And what he does in the final third, he's not. Whereas in, we touched on it before on a later podcast, whereas in Everton have normally played the occasion instead of the game over recent years, they've let the, 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 the blood boil, they've let the heads go, the yellow cards, red cards. He played the occasion instead of the game, and that's where Liverpool have been quite savvy. They have the, not many scousers in the Liverpool team over recent years, and they've got a very, very good record in the derby because none of the players are gone quite savvy. They're not really used to losing their heads in a big game like this. That's where Everton have lacked over recent years. So I think the Bernard factor in that will play a huge part because he doesn't know anything about this. He, yet he was a, he played in the Anfield derby, and he, arguably he was poor. He was all over the place. But over the last couple of games, he's got something in the final third. He's composed, whereas in the likes of Adam Ola-Luckman, Richarlison and Walcott, he seems to lose their heads in the final third. Bernard's composed and he, the goals come from him during the week and I think he's going to play a key role in that. So I expect Walcott, Bernard and Sigurdsson in the three and Dominic Calvert-Lewin up front who, who proves a danger against all big teams. He scores against Manchester City. Always proves a handful against Liverpool. So I think it's a 4-2-3-1 formation for Everton. Very good. Um, yeah, it's it's probably the team I I would look at on paper. It's probably would have went with as well. Walcott is probably there's an argument for Luckman instead of Walcott because I believe Walcott has been poor to be to be yeah. gen, to be generous to him. I think he's been poor. Um, Jay, for you, the Liverpool side on Sunday, um, line up and formation, please. Well, I think a lot depends, doesn't it, on um, whether Roberto Firmino makes the game. Because, you know, it, it's obvious that Klopp loves him and he is normally the catalyst, isn't he, where that Liverpool play off. I mean, I don't think he's had the best of seasons, to tell you the truth, but he is an important player in terms of what he what he gives, what he offers to the side and brings other people into play. And obviously, he, he presses, he works really hard. He does like a lot of the ugly stuff, doesn't he, that not many centre-forwards like to do. But he's also got that little bit of quality and flair and class about him. But I just don't think he's scored enough goals this season, really. He's not really been the same player as he was last season. But if he is fit and available and he does make the, he does make the squad, then I do think Klopp will probably play him. But I must say, Divock Origi certainly played himself into, into Klopp's plans with his performance in midweek against Watford because he's done really well out, out in the wide area and you know, it's one of the best performances I can remember already having for Liverpool, really. And he scored, he capped it off with a, it was a great goal, really, wasn't it, where he cut inside and put it in the bottom corner. I just don't really trust him, though. He's not really consistent enough for my liking. So I just don't know whether I'd trust him two games on the spin. And obviously this is a bit of a... I mean, don't get me wrong, Watford was a big game because every single game now is a big game. But this is like a little bit different because it's a derby game and... In the past, Oregi has tended to do quite well against Everton. I mean, he obviously got that 4 2 as a goal, didn't he, at Anfield in December time. But he's also scored a couple of other goals against Everton as well. He came off the bench in a game a couple of seasons ago when we won 3 1. He wrapped the game up for us and he also scored a header. Well, it looked like it came off his shoulder to me when we won 4 0 in an Anfield game as well a couple of years back. So he has got a decent record against Everton, to be fair to him. But I just think if Firmino is back, then he probably will start the game. Other than that, I mean, some people have had this conversation a little bit today in work and, you know, with a couple of the lads in a WhatsApp group and what have you. And I mean, personally, that would be the only change for me. And the reason why I say it, I must admit, when when the, the team news came out for the Watford game, 
he was raised eyebrows about the midfield, wasn't he? We're having Milner and Wijnaldum as the two a little bit more further forward than Fabinho sitting. And a lot of people thought, well, where's the creativity there? But to be perfectly honest, it worked an absolute street. He was superb. And what you've got to think about is who comes in? Because, OK, fair enough, maybe you could argue that Jordan Henderson could get a start because it will mean Milner started three games on the spin and, and he is 33 years of age now, so playing three games in a week could be a little bit much. But let's not forget at the start of the season when they do the bleep test, they haven't sent Alexander-Arnold and only the fittest at the club, aren't they? So I don't think it would phase him at all. And I think a derby game shoots Milner. You know, it's right up his street. So for me, I'd start him. I wouldn't be starting Jordan Henderson in this game. I really wouldn't. But, you know, that is a potential change, isn't it? I mean, Henderson could very well come in for Milner. But I just can't see... The back back four's got to remain the same for me. You've also got to have Fabinho starting and Gini Wijnaldum starting. So, like I say, that's the only change, really, I could see potentially from the other night. Other than what I'm saying, if Firmino makes the game, you would like to think he would start over Oregi, but... To be honest, there's other calls for Keita to start, but I just can't see him starting in a derby game at Goodison. I really can't. So I think it'll pretty much be the same team as the other night. And it, a lot depends on whether Firmino's fit. And if he is, then I'm sure he'll start the game. You know, so I fully agree with you. Absolutely. From 1 to 11. Um, I think if Firmino is, is there and ready to play, I think he comes in for Origi. Um Milner going off after 60 minutes the other night is no coincidence in my opinion. Um, I think Klopp may look to get another 60 out of him. And then you have the likes of Henderson and Keita that can come on. Uh, the back four picks itself. Fabinho picks himself. And if he wants to pick the team, I'll let him. He's, he's that good at the minute. Um, and the front three are the front three providing Firmino's there. So yeah, I agree with you, Jay, on that one. Um, lads, before we go to predictions, you're about talked up both sets of players where they can play, what they can do, assists, goals, how they can influence things. But is there anything you're worried about when you look at the opposition, where they could get at you? Is there anything in the back of your mind where you're, where you're worried about? Tony, like, Everton have been uh, quite generous, I suppose, on, on defensively, especially on set pieces. That's one thing I've heard from a lot of Everton fans over the last couple of months. But apart, I suppose, including that, or anything else there that, that worries you about Sunday where you think this is going to be the team, but the A, B or C can't happen? Um, I think, obviously, from from set pieces, I, I worry about Everton, especially in Virgil van Dijk's height in there. Um, I think the former Seamus Coleman this season has been quite worrying. So I'll probably expect Sadio Mane on the, on the left, probably if it's to switch him. Maybe even double up on him. I think Mane could prove Seamus Coleman some problems. I, I, Luca Dean is a very, very good footballer. Not many get change out of him, so I probably expect on the other side of it, Seamus Coleman to struggle. Whoever he's come up against, whether it's Salah or whether it's Mane swapping or exchanging, you don't know. But I think Liverpool could get joy out of Seamus Coleman down the right hand side because. He has cost Everton a lot of goals this season and opposition teams have played against him and they've known and they've seen a weakness in Everton's team. And Seamus Coleman hasn't got the legs that he once had. Yet he did OK during the week, set up a goal, but that was because of City. It's not Liverpool. It's a whole different, different opposition, different quality. So I expect Liverpool to get joy down Everton's right-hand side because Theo Walcott and Seamus Coleman as a combination as right-hand side have been really poor this season and that's where all Everton's costly goals have came from. Yeah, that's a fair, fair point. And, you know, as I said earlier, as an Irish person, watching Coleman after a horrendous injury, it's, it's not that he... Ha- it's, I've watched him a few times and I think it was... I think it was Spurs you played at home and it ended up 6-2 or so. It was a fucking crazy game. Yeah. But, but it wasn't even the physicality of it. It was... His reaction times, the thing looked 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 out. You know, balls coming off the keeper, and he wasn't reacting. It was like it was like he was ten percent behind everybody else. Now that could have been down to the injury and coming back, but I don't think. I, from what I've heard, that hasn't really improved as the weeks gone on. Now you never know. You could click into gear for the last ten games, and we'd be all wondering what we we're giving out about. But for me, that common thing is very worrying, and I think it's something that Silva might look to in the summer to, to try. To try sort, and he might look to sort it early. Jay, um, 
we've we've spoken before this about the Liverpool game last night and how good they were. We've you've you've given me your team. I've agreed with it. Is there anything in that side that when you look at it, you think he needs to play well or he needs to not make mistakes or we need to be tight here, there or anywhere? Is is there anything worrying you coming into this game on Sunday where Everton could could get joy out of us? Well, the, ob- the obvious thing when you look at Liverpool, and, and it was, it, don't get me wrong, it was fantastic he came back against Watford and he got three assists, he was brilliant. But time and time again, you're still seeing it now because he's still a little bit young, he can be a little bit raw at times, still a little bit inexperienced. Sometimes teams target Trent Alexander-Arnold a little bit. Now, to be fair to the lad, for the 20-year-old, he's done remarkably well. And when he was coming through the system and all that, he was everyone thought his future was going to be in midfield, and it still may well be the case. But he does a, does his a job at right back because he, he gives us that little bit of width as well, and his delivery is fantastic from wide areas, as we seen the other night when he got three assists as well. And you know he, he's got a, he has got a wonder of a right foot at times, and you know he's brilliant when it comes to that aspect of his game. But defensively, he's still not fantastic, if you know what I mean. He still needs. Work and, and it's only natural because he's only a young boy, but I think that's an area where Everton might try and target us a little bit. And it, and it's not just all down to Trent's inexperience though, and his, his young age. What you've got to realise is Salah plays on that side, doesn't he? And he doesn't really help much because he doesn't track back a lot. So you know that doesn't really help Trent Alexander Arnold either. So that's one area that not just particularly going into this game against Everton. That's going into games against any decent side because he does tend to get targeted and sometimes he does struggle. But, you know, it's evident how much Liverpool missed him when he was injured, you know, in January time when we had to have Milner there for a couple of games and Jordan Henderson played there against Leicester and the boy Camacho played there in the FA Cup away to Wolves. I mean, it's me saying this about Trent now, but it's, it shows you how much we did miss him because in them games it just wasn't the same. But it's certainly an area where teams do try and target Liverpool. So that's probably the one part to it, depending on who plays on the left-hand side. I mean, I know they've got Luca Dean who gets forwards a bit, but I'd like to think he's be, he'll be thinking more the other way because he won't want to be going forward too much when Mo Salah's on his side. So I can't see that being a massive issue. It's just whether Bernard's trickery because he's quite good at these starts of the game, or whether it's Richarlison, because Richarlison's quite a big, powerful lad, isn't he? And he's got a little bit of pace as well, so you never know. It just depends on who Everton decides to go for. Other than that, I mean, most derby games, and I'm sure Tony will agree as well, Everton tend to bottle it, don't they? And that's not to say they'll bottle this one, but I just think, really, there's not that much where Liverpool go into a game thinking, oh, we fear this, we fear that. One thing I will say, though, is, I do think if the Charlison's on it, he could be a match winner, he could be a goal scorer. It's like Sigurdsson, he tends to do well against Liverpool. He even scored against us in the FA Cup last season. So they've got a few extra little players now who you need to keep an eye on potentially as well as Bernard because you know he's like he's got a bit of quality about him. I know sometimes he's a bit hit and miss, but he wasn't very good at Anfield and he struggled at Old Stafford, didn't he, where he missed a really good chance there earlier on in the season. He's certainly got ability, he's got a bit of quality about him. So if he turns up, the Charleston plays and turns up, or Shigerton's on it, you just never know, do you? I mean, they are players who are capable. It's interesting what Tony said before about Calvert-Lewin. Yeah, you know, he, he has caused us a few problems in the past, but I just think if he's playing as the main man up front, to, to be honest, you know, Virgil van Dijk, he should really gobble him off for breakfast, shouldn't he, really, in my opinion. So, yeah, there's a few little things there where Everton could probably work on, but I, I would like to think on Sunday that they're going to have to worry more about Liverpool than Liverpool worrying about Everton. OK. Um, right, let's get down to the business of this. Tony, um, Sunday, the derby, Everton v Liverpool, give me your prediction. 1-1. Uh, I think it'll be a draw. I think if you're probably deeply down now and get Jurgen Klopp in a room and say, listen, do you want... I know you'd love three points, don't get me wrong, but if you're to ask him with ten games to go, take this sword. This is one of the one of the tough games, arguably, that you've got left out of ten. Get this point and then move on. I think you'd take it. And to be honest, I think Marco Silva... There's, a, there's an argument to say he will and he won't really because obviously he'd like to get all three points. 
and obviously it moves Everton gaining up to to finishing seventh, which they want to be. They're only four points off that. So I, I think Silver needs a big win because the teams he's played against this season, they drew with Chelsea away nil nil. They were very unlucky against United away, and even Arsenal away this season. And you've seen what happened in the Merseyside derby at Anfield, where they're extremely unlucky. They played really well, and they should have scored two or three against Liverpool. There's not many teams that I think they had nine shots on Liverpool's goal. I think five on target Everton in that first game. So, and there's not many teams that have like five, four or five shots on Liverpool's goal during the whole 90 minutes. So, show just goes to show when the confidence there is there, which it is at the moment after the Cardiff game, they can prove a danger. Yeah, I'm going for a one-all draw. To be honest, yeah, one-one. I can see him. I can see him um, thinking behind that. Um, I don't know if Klopp takes the point though. If you got him in a room, I think City play the day before. Is am I right? Yeah. So if they, moment, yeah. <clears throat> so if they go ahead of us by two points, I think I think that makes a difference to the outlook of teams. You may find that what happened at Old Trafford last Sunday could rear its head again at Goodison this Sunday. You have an Everton side that don't want to lose and a Liverpool, you know, continue on this run. You have a Liverpool side that don't want to lose and lose, you know, ground on City if if they were to win on Saturday. So I do see a method in that. Um I'm not too sure though. I'll, I'll I'm still I'm still mulling over my prediction. So Jay, your prediction for the game on Sunday please. As I said before, I think, you know, it's obvious Everton are not going to want Liverpool to win the lead. The crowd's going to be up for it. And I do think the first 20 minutes is key. And people say, oh, form goes out the window and it's a derby game. Well, that's not really quite true, I don't think, anymore. Because it's been, what, nine years since Everton won a derby game. In that time, it's been, what, 18 games. And a lot of them have tended to be draws. I think we've had nine wins and nine draws. So... You know, it, it, it's form doesn't go out the window really because the majority of the time Liverpool are a little bit higher in the table and than whatever and are, and we, it's very rare that Liverpool lose these type of games. That said, you know, it doesn't mean to say we're invincible and we can't lose the game on Sunday, but because of the importance on it, I just think if Liverpool the first twenty minutes, if we can quieten the crowd down, fantastic. If we can get an early goal, by the way, but if not, just got to be patient really and hope that our superior players see us through and. I mean, to be honest with you, with what Tony's saying here, normally you would say, again, if you win the home Anfield derby, a draw at Goodison's not the end of the world, you know, as long as you don't lose the game. But because of the circumstances and the situation that Liverpool are in, really, we need to make a statement. Now, I said this last week about the game at Old Trafford against United. I wasn't convinced by United with all this run that they've been on. They'd hardly played anyone. They got very fortunate when they beat Spurs away from home at Wembley Stadium. You could have lost four or five on another day. Um, they played Chelsea at a perfect time and they were in a little bit of turmoil. Other than that, they beat teams you would have expected them to beat. He came up against a very good side, Paris Saint-Germain, a Champions League, who were also missing key players, by the way. And he basically played them off the park. So I was hoping Liverpool would do pretty much similar to them and, and win the game. And it just never happened for us now. There is always that little element of playing safe, like what United did at the weekend, like what Liverpool did as well. Will Everton do that? Will Liverpool do that? I don't know. I mean, I just think Klopp, if you look back to last season when we played at Goodison, sandwiched in between the two Manchester City Champions League games, now Liverpool basically played half a team and controlled most of the game until about 70 minutes before Calvert-Lewin came on and, he, and Everton sort of like had a couple of chances towards the end of the game and Liverpool tired a little bit. But that was a game where Liverpool had half a team playing now, Liverpool are going to be on the money this this Sunday. There's no two ways about it. This is a massively important game. And I'm hoping, because of what happened last time, when we beat Bournemouth and it was just all in vain because we had the 10-day break, we've had this performance now against Watford. We've got our mojo back. We've got the fluidities there back amongst the players. We've got to carry this forward now into these next couple of games and certainly again on Sunday against Everton. I don't think it'll be easy. Of course it won't be easy because... You know, derby games are never easy games of football at all. We've had a couple at Anfield where we've won four 0 a few times, but they're normally tough games. And I just think Liverpool will have that little bit too much for Everton. I can't see them score. Liverpool have kept four clean sheets on the spin. I just can't see them scoring. I really can't. And I think we'll get a goal in the first half, and we'll get a goal in the second half, and it'll be a two 0 Liverpool victory. Okay, um, two 0 for Jay. Uh, I, I'm I'm looking at this and. 
I'm all in on Liverpool winning the title. I'm being honest. Um, I've committed to it a long time ago. Um, I made a joke on the opening day of the season after we won that we only needed 29 more wins. I've continued this countdown on Twitter every time we have a win. I'm down to nine now. Um, and I think Liverpool might just edge this one. Uh, you know, I'm looking at everything. I'm thinking they're going to come out like like men possessed. But I always say that can go both ways. That can that that can really work for you, or you can become, I suppose, irresponsible in the way you're trying to play. You can lose shape. The emotion gets the better of you. Things like that can happen. I think Liverpool could be in a mindset where they can go and and capitalise on that sort of thing if ever they do make that approach. Quality wise, I think Liverpool it's quite the are ahead of Everton. There's no there's no argument on that. Um, it's going to be a tough game for Liverpool. I don't agree we keep a clean sheet. I think there's some sort of sting in the tail at some stage during the game. But I think looking at Keane and looking at Coleman in Everton's back four, I think Liverpool have more than enough to trouble them on a regular basis. I'm going to go with a 3-1 Liverpool win on Sunday. Um, lads, Peter obviously isn't here this week, but he, he did provide me with a quiz for you because it's the uh, Merseyside derby We the you do a quiz on the cop table, which I like the idea of. Before we do that, I just want to introduce the music for this week. The music this week is from a band called Shader. Um, I am terrible with current music. I don't listen to it. I don't listen to the radio. I listen to podcasts and I listen to Spotify. So new music to me is, you know, it just doesn't happen. But I did listen to these today and I really liked them. So I actually might add them on Spotify. They're a band called Shader. Um, they've been described as mantra grooves with melodic wall of sound guitars, whatever that means, it sounds really good though. Um, so this week's song from Shader is called Silver.
and that was Silver by Shader. Check them out on Twitter, on Spotify. Really good tune. Um, and uh, yeah, there's somebody I'm going to listen to a little bit more, if I'm being honest. Um, lads, the quiz before we go. Five questions. We'll alternate the questions. One to Jay, then one to Tony. And we go back. There's five questions each. Let me see how you get on. Um, Tony, actually, I'm going to let you go first as the home team. So, we five questions for Tony. Here we go. Tony, first question. Um, most goals this season in all competitions, Tolson or Walcott? So start. Um, Walcott got off to a good start. And so I'd say Walcott. Yeah, Walcott's correct. Four goals this season. Tolson has three. Um, Jay, let me go. Who has the most appearances this season in all competitions for Liverpool? Trent Alexander-Arnold or Naby Keita? Trent Alexander-Arnold. Incorrect. Keita has 24. Trent Alexander-Arnold. Trent Alexander-Arnold, 23. Unlucky there, Jay. 1-0 to Tony. Here we go, Tony. Second question. Most appearances this season in all competitions for Everton. Calvert... Leon or Bernard? Um, I'd say Calvert Lewin. Calvert Lewin is correct. 29 appearances. Bernard with 26. Jay, your second question. Most goals in all competitions this season for Liverpool? Milner or Shakiri? Shakiri. Shakiri is correct. Six for Shakiri, five for Milner. And back to you, Tony. Third question. Most yellow cards in all competitions this season. I'm going to try to say his name. Idris Agay. Um, or Gomez. Idris Agay. Yeah, he has six. Gomez has five. Um, question number three for you, Jay. Most assists in all competitions this season, Fabinho or Firmino? I mean, the obvious one's Firmino, isn't it? But uh-huh. <laughs> it's a trick question. Um, I'd have to go with Firmino, to be honest. He's played more games, hasn't he? So, Firmino. Firmino's correct. Four assists this season. Fabinho has two. Back to you, Tony. Here we go. Uh, Question number four. Most derby appearances, Kevin Ratcliffe or Neville Southall? Neville Southall. Yeah, He's got the record, Danny. Yeah. Southall with 41, Ratcliffe with 32. Jay, most derby appearances, Ian Rush or Alan Hansen? I have to say Ian Rush. Ian Rush is correct, 36. Hansen with 33. Now, Tony, your last question. This is a winner for you. Um, the last player to sign for Liverpool from Everton. The last player to sign from Liverpool to Everton. The last player to sign for Liverpool from Everton. Oh, um, Abel Xavier. Abel Xavier is correct. Five out of five. Tony is on fire. Jay, I'll give you this last question. Um, where is Jay's question gone? I don't know where your question's gone, Jay. I'm not losing your last one. You can't win anyway, Jay. No, that's Trent Alexander Arnold one. That, that, that shocked me, that, because Kate has like, missed loads of games, hasn't he? And being on the bench a lot. So it just goes to show, doesn't it? Because Trent had, a few, had the injury, didn't he? And missed out. And maybe because um, Alec, if, it, it's probably subs as well, isn't it? Kate has come off the bench a lot in games, so yeah, that's what that's probably is. Yeah, the appearances in there. I don't think many would. I don't think many would have Kate over Trent to be honest. Like, yeah, now but Tony takes that. I will give four four. We call it. Um, but look, lads. Um, I hope you both look forward. To, you are looking forward to the derby on Sunday. Are you both going? Yeah, I'm going. Yeah. 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 I'll be there working. Yeah. Okay. Um. Well, look. I, both just look forward to it. I'm looking forward to it. I think every Everton fan and Liverpool fan are looking forward to it. Um, it should be a cracking game. They usually are. Um, whether the quality is there or not, they're usually not ready to go off at any time. It should be a good one. Um, before we go, we'd like to thank at Liverpool 
or LFC online. Um, these lads help us out with the cop table, uh, promoting it across their social media. And uh, also, this is a podcast for the LFC Day Trippers. If you check out the cop table tw- Twitter page or the LFC Day Trippers uh, Twitter page, you get all the information with regards to this podcast. And I know Peter has a campaign that he follows and supports. It's the No More Noise campaign. If you look that up, um, you get all the details there. Uh, Tony, thanks a million for joining me. Uh, Jay, thanks a million for joining me. I've been your host, Gav. That's been The Cop Table. Talk to you soon. At Capella University, you're in control of your education. With the game-changing FlexPath format, you can set your own deadlines and move at your own pace. The faster you move, the more you save. Visit capella.edu to learn more. People say treat yourself like you need a reason. But McDonald's treats are perfect for every day. Like bold McCafe iced coffee. Get any size for $1.69. Or pick up any size sweet tea for a dollar. The largest served in an insulated cup that keeps your tea cold. Feeling a little extra something-something? Try the classic bakery sweets like an apple fritter. With so many ways to treat yourself, you don't need an excuse. Just come back tomorrow. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Sports Social Podcast Network.